Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mike on Howie. Chris on Soups. Mace on Hal. And Matt on Group. Wake up Wednesday and we feeling it like... Nothing can intrude as we read in the tome of big stacks, singles bagged and boarded, fitted in a box in the lab recording. Thoughts as they come, whatever they be. Comics is a world that we become. Sit back, listen to the man he sold. Wherever you are, wherever you're from, the Wednesday show is for all of y'all who leaf through books in solitude. Open up worlds that you dream of. The following show is from us to you. Peace. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Wednesday Comic Book Show. It's me, your host, Dr. Mouse. What I should say is welcome to a bad edition of the Wednesday Comic Book Show. It's me, your host, Dr. Mouse. I have nothing planned. This might go down in recorded history as the worst podcast ever. Or the best one. You never know. You never know with this kind of shit, man. And that's the theme of this whole enterprises you just you never know I just recorded a Punisher episode with the cosmologist rate and subscribe rate and subscribe on iTunes it's all over the place this is going to be very free form also uh, I'm going to test the uh, soundproofing in New Jersey Motel 6's because it's latest shit and uh I got neighbors, I guess you would call them, and I hope they don't get super pissed at me for uh, screaming into a mic for the next 30 or so minutes about absolute nonsense. Let me tell you the setup right now. So, I mean, I'm in old dirty Jersey. People call it that. I don't think it's particularly dirty, although I did, <laughs> I did one time drive down this is very site specific uh 18 north drive up i should say cuz i was going north and it smelled like rank i felt as though for many many miles i felt as though i was contracting some kind of carbon monoxide poisoning it was the first time everyone says oh jersey stinks Jersey smells bad. This is the first time I'd experienced that. And uh I've been I've been around old dirty Jersey for for many, 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 many months, and I had not experienced its dirtiness until that day, and it was rank. Like I don't have a gag reflex, really. Like I don't throw up a lot. I don't if if somebody farts I don't have to put my shirt over my nose or make a big deal of it. I'm pretty resistant to smells. And that's an interesting and cool thing that you should know about me. (laughs) 
but I was like, <laughs> am I going to throw up in my car? <laughs> it smells terrible. It's the kind of smell that is so bad you cannot even describe it. You can't approximate it to anything. Why would I be around anything that smells like that? Would I ever be around something that just sm- doesn't even smell like shit? I can tolerate the smell of shit. Whatever I smelled that day in Dirty Jersey, it, 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 hitherto unknown to man, hitherto unknown to a man, as that guy from Game of Thrones would say, um. Yeah. So, so the, so the setup here is, uh, it snowed like a motherfucker up here in Old Dirty Jersey, and uh, I was cooped up in home base in my motel. Uh, c- couldn't leave, and uh, <clears throat> I got real uh, real utilitarian with it. They. This is a, a one-star hotel, maybe two stars. I'm not sure the rankings, the star rankings for hotels, but I'm fairly certain this is not among the five stars. This is a one or two. So there's no, there's no fridge. There's no anything. There's barely a working ice machine. There are two ice machines, and one of them does not work. Uh, so I, I, I knew because of the forecast that it was going to snow the next day. So what I did, because I'm a survivor. And this is my formal resume to you, listener, uh, to be a part of your zombie apocalypse team. I was heading to home base from from my job, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta stop at Target. I gotta stock up." And so I was like, "Man, I'm gonna need some coffee tomorrow. Don't want to go out in the snow to the Dunkin' Donuts because I'm lazy as shit." Dunkin' Donuts, by the way, literally five minutes away from the hotel. <laughs> So don't don't include that aspect of it in your assessment of me for the zombie apocalypse. Include this aspect because I was thinking ahead. I'm not necessarily going to trudge through the snow, but I can strategize and I can ration. (laughs) So I was like, "Mm, I'm going to get some cold brews. So I got some cold brews and uh, a yogurt because I also need a little bit of breakfast. Uh, I do intermittent fasting on accident, but I knew I was going to be snowed until about noon or until about two. So I needed something to eat around noonish. So I, <laughs> I get, I get back with my two little cold brews and my yogurt. I put them in my ice bucket and I fill that some bitch with ice and they were nice and lukewarm by the next morning. <laughs> So it gets snowed into a to a in, into a motel in Jersey, uh, and I got to give this presentation tomorrow for work. So I've been working on that. Uh, I'm gonna keep working on it after this podcast is done. That's why I haven't had any time to read comic books. I've just been sort of focused in, and you know, doing work the way that I do work. You know, when you got to write something, we got to organize the presentation. There's a lot of there's a lot of extracurricular activities that accompany the entire process, including, you know, y- you take a break and play some player unknown battlegrounds. You'll watch a, a YouTube video. You'll listen to a podcast and you come back with fresh eyes and you're able to better assess what the what it is that you're writing. Um so I got my computer out in front of me. I got my mixer. Everything is all strewn about. 
I got the Warriors jazz game on TNT playing, so you can, like, identify to the T. It's halftime. You will be able to identify to the T what time I'm recording this, if you are so inclined. I'm sitting here watching Donovan Mitchell, who... If you're an NBA head, you already know that. But if you're not, Donovan Mitchell was just in a film that came out on Netflix by Steven Soderbergh called, and I'll remember it in a second as long as I prolong this, as long as I have my phone, High Flying Bird? Question mark? High Flying, High Flying, stick with me, stick with me. Worst episode of a podcast ever. High Flying Bird. It's called High Flying Bird. Um, it stars the guy from Moonlight, who I believe his name is Andre something. Um, Zazie Beats is in it. Uh, who else is in it? Zachary Kinto is in it, who was also a pivotal role and personage in the finale of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I also watched. There's a lot of TV watching that happens when one is... Uh, <laughs> writing all the time you gotta take a break so uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt by the way is like a phenomenal piece of, of television I can't believe how fucking funny it continued to be uh, for four seasons I can't believe Netflix cancelled that but High Flying Bird is a Steven Soderbergh movie and uh, been on a Soderbergh kick watched Logan Lucky thought it was fantastic Adam Driver is like, who might we compare him to? I, you know, I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. And that might sound strange, but there's something about him that is like the brooding artist type that is... Uh, there's just something there like there's a there's a there's an air of like seriousness to him and 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 playfulness and he's not like a Johnny Depp who doesn't go on Letterman or when he does it's a disaster Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't also doesn't do press stuff but he doesn't come off as a dick Adam Driver is the same way he has to do press for things like Star Wars but generally he doesn't reserved he has causes that he's passionate about the military veterans because I think he served in the Marine Corps he did his TED talk that was like phenomenal uh, if you're interested in him just like talking about his career for 13 minutes in a really awesome way uh, great public speaker and I found a lot of times that really great actors are not good public speakers but he is um, so Logan Lucky was great Channing Tatum was Channing Tatum take that for what it's worth Daniel Craig was in there stellar performance uh, it's uh, one of those movies where everyone has an accent a southern accent that no one in the south has ever had <coughs> um, and it had the uh, John Denver I believe uh, song about uh, I think it's called Country Roads but it's about West Virginia which I have been listening to on repeat since I watched that movie uh, but Soderbergh returning back to the point Again, worst podcast ever released. Uh, directed this movie called High Flying Bird, which I believe is the second, perhaps, film he's done 
that was shot entirely on an iPhone. Uh, the first one was a movie called Unsane, um, and it is wild to look at the behind-the-scene photos of uh, him directing that film or shooting that film. Uh, he he has gotten to a point in his career where he is just like pumping out quality stuff. Um, there's no director that I can think of off the top of my head who's able to be that productive and consistently good. Ridley Scott comes to mind as somebody who's very productive, but it is so hit and miss with his films. Soderbergh hasn't really released a bad movie since like 98, since uh, the George Clooney J-Lo movie, Out of Sight since then. I don't, I'm not sure that he's released a bad movie. He's done a ton of shit since then. Um, and he has progressively gotten less and less, um, what's the word, ornate with the technology he uses to... Uh, shoot his films he is you know what he is he's the nega tarantino he is like the bizarro tarantino tarantino's uh, somebody who takes years to make a movie and who shoots it on uh fucking 70 millimeter film and that who goes on interviews and stuff and decries the state of cinema and blames it on digital projection and digital film and soderbergh is the kind of guy that'll come out with multiple movies in the same year and we'll shoot the fucking things on iPhones. I think the girlfriend experiment, which was again a great film, which you could say about most of his filmography for like the last twenty years, he shot it on Red One cameras, which are cameras that are, while expensive, still attainable to just like regular folk. Um, and then yeah, then Unsane was on an iPhone seven or something, and then High Flying Bird was on an iPhone eight. Which, circling all the way back to what began this tangent, again, worst podcast ever released, uh, Donovan Mitchell, who is a, a shooting guard for the Utah Jazz, was in it. It's about, you know what's weird is that I don't know entirely what it's about. I was watching it with my partner who doesn't really give a shit about the NBA. And so it was so NBA specific that I was like, can, can can you understand any of this? Because I follow the NBA. I, 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 you know, I, I understand like, like the architecture of the NBA. The basic premise is that there's a lockout, which happens every once in a while. And a lockout is when the NBA Players Association, which is the, the NBA union, uh, it fails to come to terms with the owners about the like various administrative, institutional, logistical, bureaucratic uh, compromises. Uh, this lockout was about the revenue split. Should it be 50% to the owners and 50% to the players? Should it be more to the players? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lockout. There's an agent who is running low on cash um, he reps the number one pick from the NBA draft who is going to sign a rookie contract with the New York Knicks or Brooklyn Nets. I can't remember a team in New York. And it's all about how 
and this is a spoiler, so I suggest if you're going to watch the movie, you don't listen to this. And also just don't listen to this because the worst podcast I've released. Um, he basically orchestrates this elaborate plan to force the NBA brass to come to terms with the NBA Players Association. So by the end of the movie, you're like, is this, what the fuck is this? Because there are these, uh, there are these uh, uh, periodic cuts to like interviews that Soderbergh did with actual NBA players about their experiences being rookies and navigating the league and navigating fame. Carl Anthony Towns is in it. Reggie Jackson is in it. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, who began this whole tangent, is in it. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck is this? This is like a this is like a movie, a dramatization about the inner workings of collective bargaining in the NBA. And it turns out at the very end, in a very Soderberghian way, to be a heist movie. <laughs> the agent the entire time is orchestrating an elaborate scheme to get the players out of the lockout to get them more revenue by threatening the NBA through the creation of like private little satellite leagues. It was astounding at the end when you realize it's like Soderbergh is doing a heist movie. A fucking course he's doing a heist movie. <laughs> and the biggest heist of all is that you don't realize that that's what he's doing. It was a double heist. The characters heisted and Soderbergh heisted my ass. That guy's fucking amazing. Um, with that said, Logan Lucky was shot with like a multi-million dollar budget. Sometimes he dips in and out, you know? I'll, I'll shoot this huge movie, then I'll do an iPhone movie, and then I'll do another huge movie. Um, man. What, what also should be said is that his iPhone 8 had like some crazy attachment, like wide-angle lens thing that allowed it to be like super dope. And he oh god the imdb trivia also in that film is insane it's like they shot it in three weeks they shot it on an iphone with this wide angle lens attachment and three hours after the film wrapped soderbergh already had a rough cut of the film done he did the cinematography he did the editing he produced it he fucking wrote it and he directed it that's like some that's like some old school fucking like high school shit when me and my friends used to make high school movies and we just like shot it and uploaded it immediately to iMovie and then cut together our shitty little movie but he's doing it and making millions of dollars putting it on Netflix it's fucking astounding um <coughs> so yeah watch that watch Velvet Buzzsaw which I talk a little bit about on the uh, upcoming episode of the Friday tie-in and it was it was the it, it it might be maybe like the most confusing movie I've ever seen in terms of like I had the same feeling that I had watching Velvet Buzzsaw that I had watching High Flying Bird, um, which is like what what is this movie? Like wh- wh- what is this movie? And then at the end to realize it's all a heist with High Flying Bird, you're like, oh, shit. That's awesome. Velvet Buzzsaw was the exact same way, except for the key piece at the end, 
which never occurred. <laughs> the movie never, ever asserted to the viewer and the audience a position that made sense in a rational world. The premise of the film is Jake Gyllenhaal, Jacob Benjamin Gyllenhaal, not the other Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, plays a an art critic. Oh, God, it's so terrible. He plays an art critic who is named Mort Vander... No, Morph Vanderwalt. His first name is Morph, and his last name is Vanderwalt. Um, and he is like, you know, he's out about the town, and the movie starts in the most unrelatable way. It's Jake Gyllenhaal looking all kinds of crazy. With He looks terrible in this movie. He looks absolutely terrible. And he's, like, critiquing art at a, at, a, at, a, at a gallery, and he's doing it in this way that's, like, super douchey, like a, you know, like a caricature of what you might imagine somebody who is an art critic like how they would talk and uh, later I realized although this was not made apparent by the film that it was supposed to be a satire I thought it was supposed to be a horror movie I think it's a horror satire but I was never scared during the film and I never laughed with the film I laughed a lot at Jake Gyllenhaal's insanity he goes full Nicolas Cage it's the first time I've ever seen anybody channel and pay homage to the great Nicolas Cage in a movie on purpose, although it could be unintentional. And uh, the long and the short of it is that uh, one of the characters finds this man who has passed away, finds this man's uh, artwork, and he is some kind of genius. His name is, uh, his last name is, <laughs> his last name is Dees, D-E-A-S-E. And I spent a good majority of the movie every time they said D's replying nuts because, frankly, I was bored. And my partner who was there was not happy about it because <laughs> I'm 28 years old and I shouldn't find D's nuts to be in any way, shape or form funny. Uh, title of this show, which is the the worst podcast ever released is going to be Dees Nuts spelled D-E-A-S-E Nuts the traditional way um, yeah weird movie just like uh, wildly inconsistent tone throughout the film which uh, the only film that I can say that I like that has a wildly inconsistent tone it, we covered on the Friday Tide and it's Venom it's literally the only like anytime a movie is a, a did like doesn't know what it is i just i can't i can't i can't be there for it i must leave i must commit harikari <laughs> uh we also watched uh roma uh, i'm trying to watch some oscar pictures unfortunately uh my partner is not interested in watching a star is born nor is she interested in watching bohemian rhapsody so i'm gonna have to watch those on my own i really don't want to it's kind of just want to share the 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 potential suffering with somebody uh but by those films are by all accounts very good um roma was like 
so boring and uh i i would absolutely recommend it to anybody who can like truly watch a federico fellini film and be entertained if you can actually like put on eight and a half and truly like it not say you like it to you know in mixed company but like truly truly like it then you'll probably like Roma. I, I, you know, I, I respect everything about a movie like that, but it is just so, so incredibly and hyperbolically artistic that I just feel like an idiot watching it. Like this, this shot is set up in a particular way to convey something. There's something important about the framing here. There's something important about that edit and that cut. And guess what? I don't know what that is. And when you tell a story that is, has like a basic plot and what really is is attractive about the film is like the living and breathing nature of the introspection and 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 the events. Like there's if you were to explain what the story was to somebody, you could do it very, very quickly. And I won't do that because I think it's all it will all be a spoiler. Because <laughs> the movie is such a slow burn that when it does hit the important plot beats and you get that information, you, uh, you like cherish it because you have something to grab onto. Um, but yeah, and there's so many metaphors... There's an adulterous husband who has a car that's called the Galaxy. It's called a Galaxy. That's the the model, the make and model of the car is a Galaxy, but it can't fit in the driveway. And the, there's something there about the universe and the world or what you understand your world to be and... I don't fucking know, dude. Alfonso Curon is just too fucking smart for me. I feel like a goddamn idiot watching that guy's movies. Um, What else? God, there's been so much. Just media consumption. Um, Oh, the... Oh, what the f- fuck is that called? The UFC. So the UFC had a... Uh, uh, a pay-per-view on Saturday. I missed all of it. And I, I planned to miss all of it except for originally the co-main event and the main event. But the co-main event got moved up to the main event because the main event got canceled because the middleweight champ Rob Whitaker had to undergo emergency hernia surgery. Which sounds terrible. <clears throat> because I've had a hernia before. And the the doctor uh, that I went to, and most doctors will like say this, I believe, maybe I've been led astray, but the the idea is that a hernia is pretty like ninety nine percent just a benign you know rupture in your abdomen. However, there is like a small chance that it strangulates, in which case you die. 
it's very much like an appendix in that way. And so Robert Whitaker had to be rushed to have an emergency surgery to remove a hernia, which I'm assuming means it's strangulated or something ruptured or something really bad happened to it. And so his fight with Calvin Gastelum was called off. Um, and so the main event was Israel Adesanya, the last style bender versus Anderson, the spider Silva. And this was like, uh, the announcers kept calling it a mirror fight. So for, I'm going to make this pitch to anybody who just hates hearing UFC talk or isn't interested in the UFC. If you're interested in martial arts films, if you're interested in, you know, Bruce Lee choreography, Jackie Chan movies, Tony Jaa, shit like that. The fight was so fucking good, it seemed choreographed. There's never been a fight like that in the UFC with two similarly minded, flashy martial artist strikers. There was a moment in the fight in which Israel Adesanya raised his arm in the direction of Anderson Silva with an outstretched palm and beckoned him forward like Bruce Lee used to do. I mean, it was... I've never seen anything in the UFC like that. Like two strikers on that level who engaged one another. Because there have been fights like, I don't know, like Darren Till and Steven Wonderboy Thompson where it's like these these two guys can really, really strike. And the fight is boring as shit because they're so hesitant to to engage but these guys engaged one another and were throwing all kinds of crazy hook kicks question uh hook kicks question mark kicks uh wheel kicks uh they were mixing up their striking boxing clinching elbows like everything everything anderson silva put his arms down stood in front of fucking israel adesanya who you clipped him twice and anderson silva just kept coming forward like that it was amazing. It was so fucking good. I can't, I cannot, like, I can't overhype that enough. That That is a fight that if you are interested at all in, like, a choreo- like kung fu choreography, watch that. It seems fucking choreographed. I mean, there is, there are moments where it's just like a fucking mayhem, like any UFC fight, but then there are moments it's just like, is this fucking what the fuck is going on here oh man Israel threw like a crazy roundhouse kick that would have taken Anderson Silva's fucking head off and Anderson ducked it so effortlessly and I just was like I laughed at how fucking insane it was just thinking about it um but that'll do it for this episode of the Wednesday Comic Book Show. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Weekly Comic Show. Follow us on Instagram at Wednesday Comic Book Show. Email us at Wednesday Comic Book Show at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, first of all, listen to a different episode because it's the worst podcast ever released. And uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. We'll, we will engage any level review from one, from zero to five. Uh, also, give my boy, the CB Cosmologist, a follow 
on Instagram at CB Cosmologist. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. -it. You ever seen a nerd speak in thin air? You ever seen such comic book flair? You ever seen two, three, four, five nerds? Fight and argue over made up words? Superman, Batman, and the Green Martian Approach these worlds with Supreme Court shed Listen to us as we rant and rave Flip and follow on to the next page Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.